The date is Friday, September 17th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're throwing it back to the turn of the millennium with one of the most influential first-person shooter games to hit the market, Halo Combat Evolved. So awake from your cryosleep and listen along as we remember how Spartan 117 fights the Covenant in space. And enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to your favorite show on the internet, encapsulating all things entertainment. It's Entertain This! It's in the game. Sorry. What? It's Entertain This! Oh, okay. Whew. E.T. Podcast. It's in the game. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Michael. Hey, I'm Nick. Guys, uh, I didn't plan anything for this one. Cool. It's Michael's week. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something. This is episode 80, guys. Can we just live Whoa. in our existentialism for a little bit? Just the fact that we've done 80 hours worth of content. Probably over 80. Yeah, there were definitely some yeah. like two or three hour episodes in there. So, yeah, 80 hours minimum. 80 hours minimum of, of us talking to each other. And we we are still growing, growing younger every day. Us, mm-hmm. our, our, mm-hmm. our ever glowing youth continues to shine upon those who listen to our podcast. Because everyone knows that... Uh, if you listen to our podcast, it'll help you live forever. So, we Factually have that going for us. But 80 is a big number, so... I'm sorry, you're not um. the fact checker, Nick. So... <laughs> Point the intro. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's okay. She doesn't need to come on to tell me that I'm factually inaccurate about my claims that we grant eternal youth to our listeners. But it's Michael's episode, and that cold opening was confusing enough. So let's send it over to Michael, who's got a topic for us this week. What's Whoa, hi, it's me. Whoa. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? Hey, what's up? What's up, hey, you gorgeous uh, man? Hello. So... <laughs> I was combing through the uh, the 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 entertain this archives, trying to come up with a topic because frankly I was I was having a rough time trying to figure out what to talk about, and it came to my attention that we have not talked about something that I frankly I'm flabbergasted that we have not mentioned this. We probably mentioned it, never actually talked about it as the main subject. That's probably hmm. true, and it's perfect. Because we're on episode 80, and 80 is actually made up of two of these standing one on top of each other. Circles? We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about Halo. <laughs> what? It's two what? little that, halos standing on top of that, each other. That, and then it's another one it's right next cons- to it. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> there's three Whoa. circles. Three in the the Halo and I don't know if there's yeah. Yeah, Halo 3, that's the first game I played, so there you go. <laughs> Jumping off point right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have no, some very this week, this fond week. memories of Halo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so this week we're actually just going to be talking about the first one, the one that sets the stage for all the others, Halo Combat Evolved. Hmm. I know yeah, nothing. So, so, wait, so you've never played Halo Combat Evolved? No, I was one of those people that picked up the game when everyone else was playing it in 2007 with uh, Halo mm. 3. <laughs> not knowing okay. anything about it it's like oh it's sci-fi you shoot aliens i was like great sign me up i want more of yeah. that <laughs> i mean to be fair that's like literally the first one too so wow <laughs> yeah alex what about you do you ever play the initial halo yeah i played uh halo one all the way through on the original xbox uh nice. the one that booted up and looked like nickelodeon splat gack all over the screen every time that you turned it on <laughs> it was a lot of green slime oh. 
That might have been <laughs> that was, That's right. That was their yeah, aesthetic yeah. back then was green no? slime. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think it was slime, but it was definitely like everything liquid never like there was nothing that wasn't a shade of that particular neon green the idea was <laughs> that there was some sort of a fluorescent nuclear goo that ran through the xbox and lit up mm. the x in xbox um and that's like the the big xbox symbolage like xbox one was that picture of the x that's like glowing from the inside and that's because right. it was full of goo and then if i remember I like correctly the settings menu for the xbox was like a bunch of pipes and like pipe systems that like piped the goo it's a lot of goo a lot of goo back then a lot of goo <laughs> yeah, in yeah, that yeah. time yeah the the early 2000s and late 90s very much had a very uncomfortable amount of goo in pop <laughs> just culture. too much fluorescent stuff you know what they were much? doing better back then than we're doing now maybe we need to get the goo <laughs> back <laughs> Yeah, bring back the goo. Hashtag goo back. Give him, give my goo back. Give me the goo. <laughs> Anyways, I was holding uh, up a, a case of the Halo Three. Yeah, you got it right there. I got it right here for the for you? the visual people. Um, it says, "Do not sell before nine twenty five oh seven on the top here. So, oh, so you got like the copy that like came out at launch. I I guess I don't know. Here's well, a little... yeah, those those only exist on the boxes that they sent out before release day. Yeah, I'm trying to get some ASMR. It's, it's so, not working yeah. too well. But anyways, this is the first Halo game that I ever owned. So so let's nice. let's talk for a second about um, the sort of time period that we're talking here. We're talking uh, the original Halo game came out around the same time as the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. And we could do a debate this on on console wars but we won't uh, <laughs> no, not yet <laughs> but but at the time i was a playstation 2 guy and yeah. it really didn't matter like back then your preference was solely down to like which you preferred because it wasn't like well all my friends are playing on the xbox because there wasn't really any form of online multiplayer no um and if you no, did not yet if you did have online multiplayer which later on they they kind of did it was LAN, so like it mm-hmm. it got piped through your phone cables and shit like that's how you did it <laughs> right yeah well and the xbox was the first one to actually have any sort of like expansion beyond like local four-person multiplayer yeah and halo was the first so halo was a release title for the original xbox and it was the game that was meant to sell the xbox it yeah. took advantage of every single system that came with it so like it had it pioneered the whole like local land parties of like having up to 16 people playing at once mm-hmm. uh it was the first like fps to introduce like controls with two two little thumbsticks two little analog sticks really um yeah the so there day, were ones like call that, of duty controls yeah so one of the most important factors uh we'll just dive right into this like one of the most important factors that like halo combat evolved had on the entire landscape of gaming as a whole is the baseline of good comfortable twin stick fps games it was like no we can basically accredit like any sort of game that has comfortable controls that we can just hop into and use right away, we can attribute that to Halo because it pioneered the way. Like, because if we think about like what other like what other console FPS games came before Halo, we're looking at like basically uh, GoldenEye 64. Doom. <laughs> Do- Doom no, was only on was the PC, PC at the time. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought Doom yeah, made it to Quake. NES. 
No, 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 the NES couldn't run it. I'd like to call in the fact checker on this one to see what the <laughs> earliest console that ran Doom was. But we can get back to that in a second. Yeah, yeah I'm so, trying to think. Like, <clears throat> Doom had uh, what we might call Wasad controls nowadays. WASD? Like, WASD. I call it Wasad. Wasd. It's quicker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's all. I can't think of a game that was first-person shooter and on a console that came out before like 2000 ish. And part of that might just because, uh, you know, consoles before that time period didn't have analog sticks. So, well, yeah. So there were a few that, there were a few that came out on the Nintendo 64, but that only had the one, uh, you had to kind of combine the controls (laughs) with the, like the, 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 the single center analog stick with the right C controls with the, the the four yellow buttons. Um, <laughs> what were they thinking? And then you had to like <laughs> aim by holding like the Z button on the bottom and then use the analog stick, but you couldn't move at the same time. Total garbage. None of it really worked super well. Uh, even after like GoldenEye 64, there was another game called uh, Perfect Dark uh, that had a lot of the same stuff that uh, GoldenEye 64 had, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a a next logical step in terms of like controls but it still only had the single analog stick. Um, Mm. So one of the big driving points of the original Xbox was the two offset analog sticks. So that way we got to have two sitting, like two ready to go at once. And it just like naturally fit into your hand. Because I think no matter how old you were, the first time any one of us ever picked up an Xbox controller, even though it was like, this giant honk of plastic. That it was, was disgusting like to hold. It was disgusting and it was fat <laughs> and it was like probably crusty from sitting in your basement. Oh, that's gonna happen. It did but feel like that though. It. I don't know it how, did. but every Xbox One controller I ever picked up had that like foam expanding spray on it. Mm. You know, the stuff that like they put into walls and stuff. For some <laughs> yeah. reason. Why did it have that in it? Like, I don't know. Every Xbox controller I ever touched had that. <laughs> it's kind of strange. She said, got him. Well, welcome. (laughs) My facts are about to be checked. Um, I don't know who said it, but the first console to have Doom was the PlayStation 1, released on November 16th, 1995. Woof. Okay, so that's pretty early, but it... No, wait, the PlayStation 1 did have thumbsticks. It did. It had a control. It well, it didn't. Not all of them did. Yeah, not no, all not of, all of them did. But some of yeah. the later ones did. You're thinking of the DualShock Two controller, which actually did have the. I think it also had a, a rumble pad in it too, like a vibration setting. I think that I had one of those, but I'm really not sure. That means that Doom yeah. is almost thirty years old. Disgusting. <laughs> I hate it. Yikes! I hate to hear it. <laughs> Any other facts need checking, boys? I think that's it. And I'm out. Um, I think we're good. No, I can't think of anything. You're 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 dismissed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. Uh, but yeah, so if we look at it, like it was the perfect storm for like gaming as a whole. It got released with a brand new console, had all these all brand new capabilities that it took full advantage of. Um, but that's getting more into like the technical side of things. Let's first take a look at like Halo as a whole and like our introduction to it as kids. Like for me, <laughs> it was the first ever rated M game that I ever had. Yep. It came out in 2001. So I was like six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. I remember being in like second or third grade and watch it and playing it for the first time. 
Um, and I, I specifically remember like sitting in my basement on like a really old shitty CRTV, uh, CRT TV, one of those like really old ones that did like the whenever it turned on. Yeah. Yeah. Remember those. Uh, yeah. yeah. The ones <laughs> that you had, sat like, too close to it actually did make you blind. Yeah, no, exactly. But <laughs> it was the aesthetic <laughs> thing for me. Like you put your, your, I didn't have arm hair at the time because I was a kid, but you put your like head up to it and your hair started yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. Mine even had like the wood paneled sides. It had individual so... little buttons to control like the contrast and the yeah. brightness. Mine, uh, <laughs> I remember I used to get texts on my Nokia track phone and my TV would go and then my phone would buzz. That's really because cool. it would travel through like the tubes of the TV. Yeah, you, we can go into a technical explanation of that, but I won't bore you with that. Thanks, Nick. Let's <laughs> Thanks, talk Nick. about Halo more. <laughs> yeah. Just know it's electrical voodoo. Yeah. So, so we go back to that time period and like everything that we're expecting out of games is to be like simple, blocky, like not too like fancy or you, you know and you love your big old chip tunes with some small orchestra backing from like Nintendo 64 games. <laughs> You load up the menu for the first time on Halo, and you're hit with that glorious, glorious... (laughs) The Gregorian chants. Yeah, and your mind immediately is just like, oh, I'm going somewhere. Mm -hmm. We're traveling to another planet. Mm -mm -mm. This is insanity at its finest. That's about to hit different. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you log in, you get ready to go, you create your profile, yada, 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 yada. You jump in, and the first thing that you are seeing is a blank screen of space. Just stars, moons, everything going on. As you see a giant ship warp into view with ominous music in the background. One of the things that Halo is absolutely the best at and still holds up to this day is is setting first impressions. It is Mm -hmm. really just (laughs) nailing that initial tone of the game like you jump in the first thing that you see is this vast universe around you and you are just a small part in it and that plays into the overall setting of the entire game like a lot of games a lot of movies stories books and whatnot a lot of them are focused on characters you watch the characters progress through these stories and it's all about them and how they evolve with the adversary like all the like adversities that they face and just how they progress as people. Halo is really unique in that it isn't a story about people. It's a story about a setting. We are basically treated as passengers riding through a theme park that is all about Halo. Uh, It is all about a singular installation in space that we know nothing about, and the story is all about discovering what this thing is. Hmm. Halo World would have been cool. But they went mm-hmm. with Super Mario Land instead. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> Super Mario Land, I think, plays a little better with the kids. That's true. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've been getting killed a lot by kids on Grand Theft Auto V recently, so that's yeah. debatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that that visual. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Are we going to talk yeah, about so the lore real quick? Can I can I raise my hand and interrupt the and, lore? The lore of Halo. Can we get into that? Yeah, I love the lore of Halo. So I don't know too much about it. <laughs> I'm gonna be up, okay. up in front with you. I just know that there are several like chapter books written mm-hmm. about the lore of Halo, and it yeah, all started like with over, this one game. Over twenty. Over. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. 
There's yeah, like the, no. the Pillar of Autumn and the the Dawnbreaker. I might be missing. There's mixed. the Fall of Reach. Yep. There's another one called the Flood. Yep. Um, those are the three main ones that I read as a kid. I didn't um, read any of them. I just heard this nerd on Xbox Live talking about it. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, I actually own the paperback like versions of those books. Maybe I'll read uh, those. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Is there like lore? But, like what's happening? What's yeah. Happening? So like, be, so like the whole thing that like kind of leading up to this is we knew it was going to be a launch title for the Xbox. Okay. Um, Bungie had before Halo really not made anything of their own. They had basically just made remakes and had like helped other studios make their products. Mm -hmm. And so Microsoft was taking like a really big chance on Bungie and making them like their front and center product to show off the Xbox with. And even with that, like Halo itself went through a ton of different like changes under the hood. Like it was initially introduced as essentially like a real time strategy game, similar to like uh, Starcraft or Age of Empires. Gotcha. Hmm. Uh, something that was going to be played on the Xbox like that. However, it took a major drastic turn as the Xbox itself was more and more fleshed out. It, people it test. It didn't test super well with like certain groups. And so they're like, OK, Let's see what we can do with a first person shooter. We've already got this awesome character in Master Chief and then these really cool space Marines. They all shoot. So let's make a shooty game. Um, and one of the things that like Bungie has done incredibly well ever since then, they make some of the best uh, first person shooting games. Like any single game that they touch that involves a gun and like a viewpoint through the first person, they nail it. Everything what just other, feels good. What other titles have they created? Uh, Destiny is another Ooh, big one. And Halo gotcha. 1 and 2. And Halo 3. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the list goes and on. Halo, and Halo Reach. And, and Halo... So that's where it stops. Four, and the, the nope. remake of the original nope. Halo that they released nope. on... Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. They didn't make that? No. Nope. It's three, what four, happened? Three. Yeah, 343 Studios. They left Microsoft. Oh. Yeah, because if you remember, Destiny 1 was uh, originally like a PS3 exclusive. Oh, yeah. So they lost Halo when they did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Halo was Halo is a Microsoft property. Hate it that. No, that's why I don't play yeah. it because I have a PS4 like a peasant. <laughs> Anyways. I can help you get a PS5. Get with me after the show. <laughs> <laughs> use promo code uh, <laughs> entertain Halo. <laughs> don't use that anywhere. It doesn't work. It's too Go long. ahead and use it. It might work. <laughs> But but anyways, going back to the initial tone and plot, like it's one of the things like the first time you boot this game up, you know, you're you're ready to go on a journey through an epic like sci fi action thriller. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's just like as a kid, it is the first time you really ever get to experience anything like that, especially where you're sitting in the driver's seat. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, so we're quickly like introduced in the to the most important characters in this really awesome minimalistic like minimalistic story that is uh, perfectly introduces them through like you get to meet Captain Keys. You can tell he is the captain. He is the guy who runs this shit, tells everyone what to do just from his voice acting. You can tell he's a badass. Uh, then you get introduced to Cortana, the sassy AI who follows <laughs> you throughout your entire journey. Um Follow that all right back around to the nearly silent protagonist in Master Chief um, as he wakes up from cryotherapy. Um, <laughs> cryotherapy. 
cryo sleep? I don't know. It's cryo he's sleep. Frozen. I'm thinking like yeah, he, okay. he comes out naked. It's like ice bath. He's like, damn, it's cold in there. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, Basically, he comes out yeah. of it, and they're just like yelling at him. They're like, "Master Chief, get out! Go on, get go, go!" <laughs> yeah, like what the hell happened? What am I doing? <laughs> oh my god! But what one of the really cool things that it does in this short time time period, where like it introduces these characters, it also does an awesome job of also setting up the stakes of what you're currently in. The yeah. game kind of jumps in with the volume set to nine, like. You jump in and your ship is coming out of hyperspace. It's beaten and battered, has burn marks on it. And everyone is like, what the fuck just happened? Are we all okay? Like, did we like how did we escape from them? Did we did we beat them? Do they know where we went? Um, and it's just this race against time for the inevitable as the covenant, the alien species in the game, find you, board your ship and attack, and that's when you are woken up as master as Mr. Master Chief. <laughs> That's an actual rank the in the Navy, boy. by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, yeah. His actual rank is Master Chief Petty Officer. Master, that's it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he, they're just calling him by his rank. He doesn't really have a name. The only name. No, he, he really, does. Okay, it's John One One Seven. Yeah. Um, but, but pretty much, he's just given a number. Like it's just S One One Seven, Spartan One One Seven. Never given an actual name. What the hell? Is well, he the last of him. the Spartans? Is that what we're to believe? So. We are led to believe that he is the only one of his kind. You're not really yeah. you're you're like told like, hello, Spartan. Like, and you're just like, all right, I guess I'm a Spartan. Um mm-hmm. he's a Spartan too, if I remember. There's several generations yes. of Spartan that are produced throughout the uh throughout the timeline. But um yep. yeah, he's one of the he's one of the first Spartans that's still yeah. around and still alive and kicking, and they're mm-hmm. all American badasses. So yeah. answer answer one of my burning questions from my childhood okay. that I never thought to actually get the answer to. <laughs> Do it. Is Master Chief human? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh yes. and and so if if he is human, which you say he is, yes. where the hell did he come from? He came from a he was abducted by Captain Keys and uh Dr. Halsey uh mm-hmm. from his home planet, which I don't remember the name of, as a like eight year old. Uh, he was replaced with a clone that uh, essentially died within like a week <laughs> of him being replaced. So that way it looked like a natural death. Okay. They basically stole him to the planet called Reach yep. and in, inducted him into this super soldier program where he was trained from then on physically, mentally, strategically uh, to become basically like sci-fi Captain America. Incredible. <laughs> That's a good explanation. Yeah. yeah. I, I just didn't yeah. realize like looking back on it now, I hear all the lore back way back when when I was playing Halo. And now hearing it now, it's like, oh, he's just abducted. <laughs> he was yeah. abducted from his parents. <laughs> like, what the yeah, hell? I never knew. Basically, that. Basically, basically, Captain Keys and Dr. Halsey went to his home planet, found him like he was the biggest and strongest of all the kids on the playground. And mm-hmm. Dr. Halsey was like, him, we're taking him. <laughs> Get in the get in the space fan. <laughs> yeah, but like it ended up being this really like cool little interaction between Doctor Halsey and John, uh, who later becomes Master Chief, mm-hmm. um, where they develop this like almost like paternal bond um, from it, and like basically John, like Master Chief, throughout the entire story, looks at Doctor Halsey as his like mom, mm-hmm. uh, like the Weird. closest thing he has to it. Yeah. And so the other thing to remember is like like Nick said, he's John 117. He was the 117th 
uh, person in the Spartan program. Mm -hmm. Um, there was like in his section, cause they're part of the Spartan two program. Mm -hmm. Um, the Spartan ones basically were like a failed experiment that like made semi super soldiers, but gave them all like a bunch of like genetic problems. Um, (laughs) which happens. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they basically got like a shit ton of like radiation poisoning. Um, (laughs) again, what's funny is throughout the entire story (laughs) of halo, you actually have a member of the Spartan one program throughout the entire thing with you. Uh, uh, Sergeant Johnson, the, wait a minute the guy yeah 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 like the the guy who at the beginning once you're like seeing all the people and military members running around yeah, yeah. the pillar of autumn the guy is like listen up marines like that guy <laughs> sergeant johnson yeah yeah he is a spartan one that's how it's explained that he lives through everything huh what about it yeah okay yeah, yeah. so i'm an eight-year-old boy i'm super mm-hmm. tough i'm big i get kidnapped yep. off my home planet and replaced by a clone <laughs> which dies yep which is yep. like the classic story of fairies, by the way, but I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they train me to be a Spartan. Now I'm a big, muscular Captain America type. I'm a Spartan Seven two. Seven foot tall. Yep. What up? Mm-hmm. Seven foot tall. What up? Spartan two. And they're like, get in this, get in this freaking fridge, dummy. And I do. <laughs> and they put me on a ship. And then the ship goes off into space. And some aliens see the ship. And they're like, we don't like that. We don't like that one bit. We're gonna stop that. So they get onto my ship. They start killing all these people. And then they, they're like, get out of the fridge, dummy. Go and kill these aliens. <laughs> get out of the fridge. We, we missed a few steps here and there. Like, we're no longer eight years old. No, uh, no, 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 no. We grew up while they were training yeah, us. We yeah, knew yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But so, yeah, that's basically it. So yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm on the ship. I'm being attacked by these weird things. Yeah. These aliens. So and to I'm, get mentally, into, I'm oh, eight because I never went yeah. to school. So I'm eight in my head. <laughs> no, you went to school. In fact, you went to like private school. Oh, okay. So uh, put I'm on good. by I'm the military. A, I have an yeah, adult yeah. brain and I'm like, went, I'm going to handle this. School. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. handle this the only way a John knows how. And that's with a gun. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> and so I get a gun and I'm doing a gun thing. So what happens next? All right. You wake up. You didn't you didn't get into the backstory of like why the aliens are at war. No, with I didn't because we keep talking about Master Chief. Uh, All right, so Alex, let's throw her back. <laughs> let's I'm just I'm trying to right. keep us on a narrative okay, path okay, here. Okay, let's okay. throw her back. We'll go through this really quickly, really, really quickly. Basically, there is this like religious cult of aliens that is attacking everything else, trying to find artifacts left behind by the um oh, this other like ancient the forerunners, the ancient forerunners. group of That's aliens. Them who are basically created all of this high tech stuff across the universe, like the halo installations. Yep. Sure. Um, the covenant believes that the, these halo installations are the way for them to, um, to basically go to paradise, to go to the afterlife to heaven. Uh, and they believe that they have to find and activate all of these things and that they will be sent to heaven. So their whole goal is like, we're trying to find this stuff and you get in our way. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to eradicate your entire species. Humans don't like that. Um, were humans so also looking for these artifacts? No, the humans had no clue about what they were talking about. Okay, Basically, so these these we, aliens started attacking them, trying to find this shit. And the humans were like, we can't understand you. You're super advanced, but like you're trying to kill us. So we're going to kill you back. So we just like <laughs> stumbled in on it on this yes. like weird thing that was happening. And we were like. Yep. Hey, howdy, hey, neighbor. And they were like, Glock. We were like, ah, it was more, yeah, yeah. Pop, pop. They basically looked at the humans and went, wah, 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 and then shot them with plasma guns. <laughs> they, 
They were like the Charlie Brown parents, but with like AKs. They're like, wah, 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 yeah, wah, basically. Wah, wah. <laughs> I think I think he was doing like a was that an arbiter sound effect? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that was the sound. That was the sound that all the elites were like, <laughs> So many memories. Okay, so so these aliens are looking for these ancient religious artifacts to get to heaven, and we're like, what the hell are you talking about? We don't speak your language. Uh, yep. And they're like, all right, we'll get ready to die. They don't say that. They say, wah, 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 wah. And then we're like, all right, yeah. wake up, Master Chief. These bitches is shooting at us, and we don't know why. Get out there. <laughs> yep. Do what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, at this at this point, like the humans basically just think all of the Covenant are just trying to eradicate humanity, which they are, but they don't know about any end goals. Um, so they're trying to yeah, eradicate so like here. humanity. Like, if you saw an ant they're in your kitchen to- and you're like, I need to get rid of all these fucking ants. Like that's the <laughs> yeah, same it's, energy it's- they're coming at us with. <laughs> It's more like like uh, you are trying to cook like a five star meal and your like cast iron frying pan is covered in ants. Mm. It's oh, like, that's no fun you, at all. Like you got to kill it all to get to your tool. Like you, yeah. you need you know you need this thing, but it's covered in all the stuff you don't want. So you got to kill it in order to get to it. <laughs> Except <laughs> somehow the it. ants the ants built an ant suit that turns an ant into a wasp and it keeps stinging your ass. And Basically, that's, yeah. And that's Master Chief. Yep. <laughs> he's an ant in a wasp yeah. suit yep ant man wasp yeah so i think one of the biggest things that like the introduction of this game does that it does so incredibly well is it follows the like the long-standing tradition of show don't tell like you start this game up and you're just thrust immediately into the action without like a long five minute like x explanation uh like a, a long five minute prologue filled with exposition about like the lore of the universe or anything. It's like you're just thrust in and you are good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're given all the immediate information that you need. You just know you're a big ass dude that seems like a giant cyborg, but is human is two feet taller than everyone else and <laughs> likes guns. Um, and that's basically it. Except you start the game with no gun. You wake up as Master Chief and you have to find your way to the bridge to see Captain Keys and you don't get a gun throughout the entire thing. And that's where the gameplay of this game is so fucking good what do you do Um, it does it does such a good job of slowly introducing the different concepts in the game to you as you go like you are not worried about trying to shoot anyone you aren't trying you aren't worrying about like escaping or anything like you just have one goal or anything so you get to get very familiar with just how to move how to look that's all you have to do (laughs) you get to learn how to turn on like your flashlight and that's about it um and through this whole process, you get shown how dangerous the Covenant are. You see the elites and the grunts easily overpowering and killing your fellow crew members. These Marines, um, they just easily are overtaking them. So you just have to kind of make your way through just to Captain Keys where you get your first gun. So after you experience the Covenant for the first time ever, seeing how dangerous you are, now it's your job to take them on and kill them. Um, and it does such a good job of putting into perspective how badass master chief is because you just get handed a tiny little pistol you walk out there put three rounds into an elite and he's dead it's like all of these other marines have been struggling this whole time and now you are their savior it's your job to kill everything but the covenant are strong they overtake the pillar of autumn and you have to take refuge on the one place that you can in this near space which is on the halo installation okay i'm out again 
What are mm-hmm. the Halo installations in the first place? You want to explain that? Hold sure. on. Wait. The Pillar of Autumn <laughs> is your spaceship, yeah? Yes. 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 It is the name of your spaceship. A memory that I have so vividly is being around the age that you were saying, like, six, seven. This is, like, one of the first video games that I'm playing through, like, on my own with no one with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on this spaceship, and multiple hallways are just lined with escape pods. Yep. And I just remember walking up to every single one, like, come on, go. All right, come on, this one, go. Okay, this one, come here. on, let's go. I'm like, why am I still on this ship right now? Yeah. So so what happened is, is all of the escape pods had already shot off or had been blown off by the Covenant. Mm. So like one of the things you notice is as you're walking down the hallways, where a lot of the escape pods would be, are now the way that the Covenant have made it onto the ship. Ooh. Basically, the Covenant destroyed the destroyed the escape pods and then attached their own pods to that location that they could easily get on. Actually kind of smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. I'm honest. Yeah, so don't another, have to try and blow a hole, blow a hole in the hole. So another blow thing I remember from the first game, I could have sworn most of it took place on a spaceship, but I guess not. But there mm. is a second enemy as well that's like these parasitical flying ghost Ooh, things. Baby, we'll get there. Okay, I'm gonna hold. Fine I'm gonna hold on then. I'm gonna let you get yeah. us. You drive this boat to that destination because <laughs> uh, I got a lot of questions. Sidebar: yeah. Is he talking about the flood? Oh, maybe yes, he is. Oh, okay, okay, continue. We'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like I was saying, like the game does such a good job of slowly introducing you to all of the different elements, and one of the most important parts of any game, especially an FPS game is the enemies that you take on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so this first level, you basically only get a, gr- a glimpse of the Covenant. Um, the Grunts, which are basically just like the cannon fodder. Their whole <laughs> their whole shtick is like they are very, very weak individually, but very strong in numbers. Uh, but the only issue is they can become very disorganized when they don't have a leader. Mm. Those leaders are typically the elites. They're field commanders. <laughs> These characters, yeah, the ones that go, wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> These these are the people who basically run the show. They're as strong as essentially Master Chief. Uh, they have overshields like what Master Chief has. Master Chief, <laughs> yeah, because Master Chief, like in Doctor Halsey, basically like stole that technology from them, and I was like, cool. Now you have this. Um, <laughs> and but it like requires like a giant battery to power, which is essentially Master Chief. Um, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why like not every Marine has it. Um, but you got the elites. They basically control everything. Then you got the jackals. The jackals are the little, little bird looking guys with the Hate shields. <laughs> and the whole thing with them is that like they have these shields and will try to hold like specific areas. Uh, and they require like really good precision to try and hit like very small tight windows mm-hmm. uh, to make them lift their shield up so you can hit the rest of them or a very well placed grenade. Uh, that also works very well. Granada. Mm-hmm. And then apart from that, later on in the game, you get introduced to another type of enemy, the Flood, which is essentially this swarm-like parasitic entity that the entire goal of them is that like they will overwhelm you with sheer numbers. And this um, is like a completely different entity with different goal. Like this one's hungry, and that's like it yeah, yeah. from what I remember, yep. right? Just a parasite. Yep. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um their entire goal within the universe is to consume and eat all sentient life. Um, they try. That's it. Yeah. They really try. 
the really cool thing about these these enemies is they will literally come from anywhere. They will spawn anywhere. It's not like you are expecting like you're on ground floor and you're going to run into a bunch of enemies on this floor. It's like, no, these things will come up below you, behind you, above you, to your sides. They'll sometimes jump through like giant crevices and then they're just out to get you. Um, really kind of creepy. And then. Yeah, very. And then even like later on, you run into the things that are designed to kill the flood, the sentinels, basically these like machine like drones that their entire thing is like they have lasers with that like burn, which is very, very effective against wearing down shields and the flood. And the coolest part about all of this is that every single one of these enemies has a very distinct strategy and personality that is very easy to be seen throughout the game. Um, but yeah. And then uh, the campaign as a whole. The campaign in Halo is what separates it from every other FPS, um, especially at the time. You even go back to like GoldenEye. GoldenEye is like small individual missions, like as you're following along as James Bond. Not really too much of an overarching story or anything like that. But usually like even then the stories for most games, even like story driven games at the time are not like super in depth they're not like something that really captures you to the core for the most part with some rare specific examples yeah exceptions it's kind of rare because um, i mean at the time you had games like doom that was like right. the, the primordial fps if you want to think about it like that and well even before then was wolfenstein wolfenstein too yeah i mean mm, yeah. there was what do you what do you do in wolfenstein you kill nazis wolfenstein you are a guy <laughs> okay. and you kill nazis that's it that's all yeah. you do i can understand yep. that Doom, it's like, well, I'm killing demons. Everyone wants yeah, to kill Do a demon. Doom is, Doom is Wolfenstein, but you're killing demons, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was no real story to it. It's just like, here's the bad guy, go kill the bad guy. Right, I can do exactly. that. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, and then you even go further, and it's like you got, like, Unreal Tournament. It's like, oh, now you're playing against another player. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then you even got, like, Duke Nukem. Uh, <laughs> basically so just Doom, but with sillier. <laughs> yeah, way sillier. <laughs> Came here um, to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. Out of gum. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, uh, Spartan 117's catchphrase, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard Master Chief say that at least zero, <laughs> at least zero times. <laughs> but um, Halo Combat Evolved is one of the first FPS games that gives you true purpose throughout the entire game. That is its... That is what it does is instead of it just being this aimless game where you're just going around shooting things and you've got just like a general idea, the story and the plot around the game is the is your sense of motivation. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know anything about like the outside context about what's going on. You barely know who you are or the people around you are. You know next to nothing about who you're killing. But goddamn, is this story fucking good? Mm -hmm. Um. Basically, like you are just sent down onto this planet uh, or this this fake planet thing, this big ring. It's more um, a ring, yeah. And you are just told like, okay, go have fun with every once in a while at the end of a level or in the middle, you get fed little story points where it's like, cool, now go do this next thing. And you know exactly what it is and you want to do it. Um, yeah, like a good example of this, a good example of this is the second level. Uh, just called Halo, um, Halo, where you, after escaping on a drop pod from the Pillar of Autumn, every single one of the Marines around you who came down in the same drop pod as you died. 
um, killed on impact. You were the only survivor. And your first interpretation is like you see lush plains, mountains, waterfalls, and some weird alien technology all around you. And this giant, uh, essentially close to a sandbox landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you basically are like, you can either sit there and wait, and eventually a, a Covenant dropship will come around to try and sweep the area. And if they see you, they will drop and they will try and kill you. Or you can do, you can listen to Cortana as you walk across a bridge and head into a valley, a ravine, uh, sparing yourself the trouble. And your entire mission in this is to figure out what happened. Where are you? I, and like realizing that you need help. So you find other Marines that you save and to try and take with you. However, the cool thing about Halo is a lot of the levels are pretty much sandbox levels. You don't have to follow along with what's going on. Um, during this entire mission, you can do the entire thing without ever saving another Marine. Um, the goal is save as many as you want to. And at the end of it, a Pelican, one of the, like the larger, like localized, uh, ships will come and like try and pick you all up. Uh, space helicopters, if you will, basically, basically it's a space (laughs) helicopter. Uh, they'll try and come pick you up, but if you don't rescue any Marines, doesn't ever show up. Um, Yeah. So you have to rescue and at least one. You can get a bad at ending. At least one. Yeah. Um, can you get a bad ending? Is that true? No. So so if it <laughs> never shows up, what do you what do you do? How does the game end? On. You just move on. Uh, it moves oh. to the next mission, just like as if it never happened. Like okay, yeah. Uh, which like the next mission is basically like you find out that you have other people, other Marines that you need to save. Uh, hmm. except this time, instead of them being just scattered across the halo, they are on a single covenant ship, uh, where you have to sneak on and then free the prisoners. And that's where you find, uh, Sergeant Johnson again. Yeah. He's like trapped, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He's being held prisoner with a bunch of other Marines. What's who's the guy who's like, maybe the flood gets him or maybe he's just stuck in this goo wall, but he's like, stuck to a wall and he's like you have to kill me and you like have to shoot him in the face so that is captain keys Mm. Um, no yeah yeah so what happens is is later on in the game um which oh spoilers whoops (laughs) spoilers this game's almost 20 years old but whatever (laughs) i'm just 20 years old it came out november like 11 20 2001 as these flashes are coming to me, I'm just like word vomiting. So I may have just skipped a whole bunch, but that's like <laughs> yeah, one of those. Cool. That's one of those moments where it's like, oh, I, I'm going to remember this for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so let's there. go to a little bit before that. So like one of the biggest, best moments in any video game that I remember ever happening is the introduction of the flood. Um, the mission where you get introduced to this, you basically land in a swamp. Uh, there's fog and mist everywhere around you. You don't have a lot of visuals, but as you're walking through this level, you're really not encountering a lot of enemies. The enemies you do encounter like, are just Covenant, and they're running and screaming away from something. Uh, you see up on the ridges away people who look like they are Marines taking out Covenant. So you just get little small glimpses of them. So you just keep making your way, and you don't really have to kill too many Covenant. You find your way into this forerunner because um, the forerunners are who built the halos. 
mm-hmm. uh, you, into this forerunner little bunker. Um, and you see just like blood and like covenant killed everywhere. Uh, you run into a downed pelican, the space helicopters. It's just kind of sitting there and it's like out of commission. Uh, you know that you are trying to come here to rescue some Marines that have been uh, stranded, that they have been trapped. So you make your way through and through this entire installation, everything's already dead. Um, there's blood and guts spilled all over the walls and they're all just massacred. The only thing that's missing are a lot of the bodies of the elites. Um, every once in a while, you see so, you see a dead Marine. You see another here or there. And as you're walking through, uh, before you ever know what's going on, you walk into this room and you see up against a wall a crazed Marine shooting you with a shotgun, screaming nonsense at you. Um, and unfortunately, he's not going to stop unless you kill him. <laughs> Ooh. And so you have to do that. You have to put him out of his misery. Later on in the level, uh, you you try to open a door and a dead body comes through. The dead body of a Marine. You pick up his helmet and you're able to find like a little video recording of what happened here. Uh, you sit there and you watch the entire thing as it goes from a few Marines with Sergeant Johnson on the Pelican talking about this mission. And then they go in and you watch as they slowly figure out what is happening. It uses all of the best like horror techniques possible to really introduce this flood. Um, And like throughout this entire thing, you don't ever see the flood. You just see them being overwhelmed and you hear the little chitter chattering of the flood that you hear throughout the rest of the game. I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, basically you're left knowing like something is here. I don't know what and I hate it. Um, And that's when uh, you see the elites that were all supposedly killed, except now they are completely filled with this parasitic flood. And it is your job to kill them as you see not just the elites, but also the other Marine bodies that you passed on the way now infected coming after you. Yeah, it's like zombies. Yeah. Essentially the flood are introduced as an infectious zombie like race that uh, just swarms you. And it's just like, I remember having to put the game down (laughs) and having to walk away for like two or three days. Uh, you were the, little kid. Yeah. Well, in the next level is called the library where it's essentially your job to go in and find the index to decode some information on for the halo installation. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire thing is an endless wave of the flood coming after you. Oh Lord. <laughs> As you try and find this fucking index and it is the worst, most horrifying feeling in the world. Like, ah, uh, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks right now to the, uh, the just absolute dread. Like I, I straight up didn't beat this mission for a month because I had to take like one or two day breaks. <laughs> Cause you just couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't, I was frustrated and scared. <laughs> Those are the worst combination of experience in a video yeah, game. I mean, exactly. Halo three's flood, the way it was introduced to you in that game, if I may bring it back is, um, I don't think it's as scary as that really. No. Well, cause the expectation is that you've already encountered it and defeated it once. Oh, and then where does yeah. the where does the grave mind guy come into this? Is he like he comes the, from Halo Two? 
Okay, so we won't get to him, but I was curious. No, like, well, and no. So Damn. it just says like a quick little thing. Basically, the uh, the flood are a semi sentient uh, hive mind, okay. where the they basically consume the intelligence of whatever they eat, uh, and Ooh. this intelligence then, after they get enough of it, then conglomerates into a giant being known as a grave mind, uh, which essentially controls all of the local flood. Um, and then even then it, the grave minds are then like, they can be connected through this hive mind intergalactically. Um, that's why. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why in like halo two, uh, you meet the grave mind, uh, like, which is the first time you ever meet one mm-hmm. and it knows who you are because it absorbed that knowledge when yeah. it consumes captain keys in the first halo. Man, that's fucked. I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, um, this is one of those sci-fi games that's, I think intergalactic, if we want to set the scale, because mm-hmm. it's not just the Milky Way. I think it's, there's other galaxies too, but, um, I think it, I don't know. It, I th- believe it's just the Milky Way for now, but I'm not positive because I never played four or five. It's space. Okay. Some, it's a yeah, big place. It's space. It's space. Sometimes game. <laughs> I forget that the Milky Way galaxy is not our solar system and my mind is blown all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Solar system is big, trust me. But then yeah. Yeah. the Milky Way is even bigger. And then there's the local group. And then there's the entire observable universe. And then you keep because zooming out and out. And it goes on you, forever. You think to yourself, you're like, well, obviously the universe is like us, like our sun to Pluto. Like that's the universe. And like it is. But there's like ever expanding outside of that which is just terrifying. <laughs> it's the reason why yeah. statistically Star Wars is happening somewhere out in the pitch blackness of space. We just have to find it. And the statistically galaxy far, far, far to. away. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole multiverse theory, basically. Uh, yeah, I don't we'll, know. We'll get to that. The multiverse <laughs> theory is a bit, a bit more complicated, it but is. we're not a science podcast, nah. so we won't get into it. We could be, don't try me. But... There's all Don't of try this me, ri- son. <laughs> <laughs> I studied but string yeah. theory instead of going to college. No <laughs> <laughs> <Well> point. <laughs> Science this. Oh. I don't know. What do you even call that? We'll uh, workshop it. We'll workshop it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so we're we're looking at this campaign as a whole. And like even just thinking about it, like it has gripped all of us. Like from at least like from the perspective of going back and playing it, seeing it from the perspective of Nick, like seeing the after effects of it or Alex, you played it yourself. Like you got to experience as a baby, as, as a baby as a boy, baby I was, boy. I was given nightmares as a six year old child. They were like, Hey, did you know that sometimes these things can get inside of you and control your dead body? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm six. <laughs> Ew. I'm kind of glad I didn't play this game as a kid. Honestly. Yeah. It was horrifying, <laughs> but incredible. But something that I something that I love about human memory is the things that stay with us throughout our lives from when we were young are usually traumatic. <laughs> so the yeah. fact that I remember it means that back then it must have really messed me up. <laughs> yeah, that's deep. <laughs> but it's this all of this sort of like the story and plot surrounding an FPS game, especially completely unheard of. Oh, yeah. No one had ever really experienced anything like this. This was too like late 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh like 20 years ago we're just coming off the back of like the closest possible thing being basically like banjo kazooie um, <laughs> hey the first wanna... spider-man movie was about to come out or had just yeah. come out yeah and then for the playstation 2 the first spider-man game that's right 
Yeah, I remember playing that. Um, Everybody was out there playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. In their in their floral Hawaiian shirts yeah. and such. It was a different time. I had one of those shirts with the flames on it, like Guy Fieri. Yeah, oh, I wore one I of those to a, to a banquet where I was given an award because I thought it was fancy. Well, <laughs> it's a button-up, it has a person, collar. There's yeah. a certain type of person that can pull that uh, look off, and I don't think it it's... It wasn't me. It wasn't me at six no. years old. I, I, will remember, that guy. I do remember seeing those shirts, especially the ones down at like the, the mall that like had Goku on it. Oh, with yeah. the flames and I was like oh I want that so bad there's still guys out there wearing that shirt I see it all the time well, now they're collector's editions <laughs> now they're uh, especially uh, have kids uh, <laughs> uh, let's go back to talking about Halo alright alright so, how, so how does it what's the conclusion here what happens yeah yeah so the conclusion is basically that um, you as Master Chief you find out that the Halos are not this like religious artifact they're not just this like satellite out in space they are a weapon they are a weapon capable of mass destruction that no being has ever heard of before essentially what it can do is with a single pulse it can wipe out all sentient life within 25 light years oh my god or sorry not 25 25,000 how That's worse. That? I gotta look that so, up. So <laughs> it's twenty five thousand light years. Um, I can't like I can't even comprehend. You say numbers, and I can't like think about basically. How so big let's put this in is. perspective. Basically, this ship made a blind slip space jump uh, that they had no clue where it would ever land them, uh, and Earth and all of humanity is within the radius of this twenty five thousand light year uh, distance. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't don't like, destroy Earth. What the hell? Yeah. I live there. And so the whole the whole reasoning behind this is so these Halo installations, their secondary or their primary goal is to uh basically be a prison for the flood, to keep them from destroying the universe, from consuming oh. everything. However, as a secondary protocol, they're able to do this because technically the flood aren't intelligent. Um the Halos can't kill the flood, but what they can do is they can kill all forms of food that exist in the universe for the flood, effectively killing them off. Starve the beast. Um, yep, exactly. And so you as uh, Master Chief you and Cortana, you figure this out, and now it is your goal to figure out a way to disable the halo um, or to destroy it. Because you know that the flood exists here, the covenant exists here, all your enemies exist here, so why not blow it up? Destroy the halo. Wasn't there a map yep. on Halo 3 that was like, a containment zone for the flood. I don't remember. I I don't remember the name of the map. I can, I wish I could transfer pictures in my head to you so mm. that you could see what I'm seeing. But then it's I go okay. really, I, it's I go okay. Really I can't wrong. see pictures in my head anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I can see if anybody, head, if there's a psychologist <laughs> out there who wants to get on the horn with our boy, Michael and tell him why he can't see pictures in his head. That'd be cool. Cause he's yeah, like on it. it all the time. He's, he can't imagine things. If you try to paint a mental picture for him, he sees it as a text box because he's a programmer. Poor guy. Maybe you're yeah. not real. Maybe you're a robot. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. He's doing his best. Come on. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a flood containment zone, and it has like all this uh, you know gooey orangish brown stuff underneath. That's like grass over top, and that's surrounded by like silver walls. 
I mean, that just sounds like it could be anyone, like any location on a Halo. <laughs> it is on a so, Halo, I yeah. think. I don't really know. It was a map in Halo 3, so look it up. Well, if I remember right, like 95% of Halo 3 happens on Earth. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it does. And then there's yeah. like that one level where you go to the flood ship thing and... Yeah, that's what it is, is because you leave Cortana behind in Halo yep. 2. You leave mm-hmm. her behind on the Halo to try and contain the Gravemind. The Gravemind takes over Cortana, learns the location of Earth. They infect a Covenant ship, uh, and they fly that with the Gravemind and Cortana to Earth, uh, which is Uh-oh. what you encounter. Yep. <laughs> that's a big And now problem. you've got the Flood, this parasitic, sentient life-eating uh, being... Now on Earth, where there's lots of sentient life. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's not yeah. ideal. Uh, we should stop but, playing video games because we really do just make matters worse for sequel <laughs> reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that covers like the the generic plot of it. Like you, like so essentially at the end, you as Master Chief, you go to try and like destroy the Halo, this ring. Your only goal, like your only option is to basically use the core of the Pillar of Autumn, which is crash landed and destroyed, essentially mm-hmm. use that as a nuclear bomb uh, to blow up the halo. Um, one of the coolest moments that I remember specifically about this campaign, this portion of the campaign is that they use gameplay to set the scene. Um you get onto this destroyed pillar of autumn, you're taken back to like a very reminiscent, but powered down part of the first mission where you're trying to escape the pillar of autumn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's weapons from the different armories strewn everywhere. However, like none of the guns have any ammo. Um, so it's like you have infinite resources seemingly, but it's all very, very slight. Uh, there's not really a lot. It's like, uh artificial scarcity essentially <laughs> uh it makes you, you feel mean capitalism des- yeah well, Got him. To leave. <laughs> well just like capitalism it makes you feel this like heavy sense of desperation that you need to find something that you need to work harder to uh to try and find this thing that you need this these bullets and these weapons to try and kill the sentinels so that way you can take control of the ship so you can explode its core um, which leads to one of the most like tense uh, moments in the game where you basically set the core to explode and now you have like 20 in real life minutes it's like no it's like 10 in real life minutes to try and like escape the pillar of autumn on a warthog <laughs> Wait, warthog exactly being like, like basically a jeep yeah it's, yeah. A, jeep. it's a jeep yeah <laughs> i love that these games on the on the like the clock ticking just to <laughs> yeah they always do that or yep. in my experience, I guess what you're telling me with Halo One and how it ends in Halo Three, uh, yeah, it's all clicking, yeah. clicking, talk, talk, tick. It's a TikTok. Yep, yep, <laughs> I got there. <laughs> um, so real quick, let's round this thing out with like some of the critiques of this game. Um, Same. In fact, there are there are flaws with this game. Yes, there oh, are no, flaws no, that no. other people have with this game. Uh, one of them is that there is some particular sections of the game that you could tell. Well, I mean, they straight up are just reused assets. Uh, <laughs> like it is just like literally the same level. However, hmm. uh, my argument is that this is not a bad thing. This is not a flaw with this game. If we go back <laughs> to the descriptions of the uh, of the different enemies, each one has their own personality. 
And throughout the game so far, you've only encountered one type of enemy at a time, either the Covenant, the Flood, or the Sentinels. Now, there is one uh, mission called Assault on the Control Room, where you take on the Covenant as you fight to the control center of the Halo ring. Mm -hmm. Then, later on, there's another mission called Two Betrayals. This is literally the exact same mission, just played backwards. And throughout it, you are making your way through it as the three factions, the three enemy factions are fighting each other throughout the entire thing. So you've got the Covenant fighting the Flood. You've got the Sentinels fighting the Flood and the Covenant. Uh, and then the Flood trying to fight both of them. <laughs> so it you have you can approach this mission in a completely different way. You can either go in as the usual guns blazing, trying to kill everything in sight, or you can play it smartly. You can wait until the, all the different factions take out take each other out um, and just like you basically just now take on the thinned ranks of whoever came out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this whole idea of basically taking what we already know and flipping the expectations on their head. It gives us this vast new presentation where the problems that you now have to solve are completely different. And that to me like completely eliminates this reused assets and levels critique. Um, which is saying something because like if that's the only critique and it's a pretty easy one to kind of like dispel, oh, there's not too much wrong with this game. Um, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's not a bug. Yeah, it's a feature. It's, what are you doing? And it's one of those games where like even today, like I went back and played it on my computer because um, I've got the remade edition, the Master Chief Collection uh, from Steam. Ooh. I went back and played it not too long ago. Still holds up extremely well. Uh, one of the best things it has gone for it is that the gameplay is like fair, balanced and fun. Um, you can approach and learn from every single aspect. Like every time you encounter something very similar to like Dark Souls, it's difficult, but you're given chances to learn and you can grow and learn and overcome this difficulty as you go, which hits all the serotonin parts of my brain. <laughs> Um, it's just like overcoming a challenge and learning for me are like what make me feel good. Hence why dark souls is one of my favorite games. Hmm. And now I went back and played halo hits all those same exact notes. Gives Mm. you just enough ample opportunity to learn from what you did. You got your shield, your temporary health essentially, which goes away pretty quickly. Then you go down to your regular health, which is like your, Oh shit button. Uh, (laughs) and that's where, you know, shit's getting real. I can still That's what it tells beep, you to, beep, 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 beep. Yep. <laughs> really neat to like hone in and learn in this moment. Like, what are you fucking up? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> and then it, by the end of it, you overcome it and you learn and you grow. Um, and that to me is like the part of any game that makes it great. Uh, on a side note, before we jump into the quick this, Michael, I heard a, um, a little team building exercise that I think we should implement where Nick and I come over and play Dark Souls with you. But every time that somebody dies, you have to pass the controller and take a drink. Ooh. And every time someone dies, you drink. Me? Basically, like, if you die... Drink? No, no, like, if you die, you pass the controller and you drink. And then when the next person uh-huh. dies, they pass the controller and they drink. And that's the whole game. Okay. All right. Do I get to play or is it just you two? Uh, it's all three of us. <laughs> You can, okay, you can cool. just drink as normal. I mean, well, I was going to say, like, I could be like the coach and like every third death I drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you're going to play too. 
All right, cool. <laughs> Team building exercise. Hey, let's Team jump building. over the quick this segment with our uh, host from last week, Nick Muskangas. Hey, that's me. Um, I'm of course going to need a timer. Um, and I, I do hope. On a timer, side- I barely know her. Get it yourself. <laughs> On a side note, I think we need to uh, bring on a, a a Halo expert or somebody that's like really engrossed in the lore, and just tell Ooh. me what what is all the lore going on? Because I'd like to revisit Halo at at some yeah, point. Yeah, so. hey, I know quite a bit about the lore, so I'd love to have a good conversation with you about it, guys. Oh, we yeah. just had an hour long conversation about the lore. I'd love to have another <laughs> three hours. Three. <laughs> okay. All right, you ready? This I think I do. Yes, I'm ready. ready? All right, three, two, one, go. Okay. So to start my quick this tonight, let's play a game of two truths and a lie. Oh, yep. We're going to do this. I'll start with a series of three statements and y'all have to decide which is a lie and which two are true. So you guys ready? You want to play this or do we get to know what the topic of the quick this is first or is that going to give away the answer? That comes later. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. This is one of those levels that you can't skip because reasons. Um, (laughs) I've never been to a live concert. I've never been to a NASCAR race. I've never broken a bone. Two truths and a lie. Which is which? You've I never believe... been to a live concert. Michael? No, I'm going to say you've never been to a NASCAR race. I've seen his tickets. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> Damn it. You got insider info on this bullshit? Okay, here's, right. the, here's the lie. I've never been to a live concert. I have. It was a band called Dream Theater. You've never broken a bone? Race. I've never broken a bone. True. You motherfucker. I'm confused as to how you're going to turn this into entertainment, so here's but I'm the thing. curious. <laughs> I would admit something live on this podcast. I went to a NASCAR race, and that's yeah. the topic of my quick this tonight. <laughs> NASCAR? NASCAR. NASCAR, okay, yee yee! All right. You're not coming out of a closet, but continue. Yes, I'm coming out of a trailer or something like that with a Woo! fifth of ramen. NASCAR, you're turn coming left. out of All your right. cage, and you've been doing just fine. Now go. <laughs> okay. When we look at a map of our great United States, you'll see some large paved ovals dodging, dotting the landscapes from sea to signing she. Sell seesaw by the seashore. You want to take that line again? There you go. Nope. <laughs> Are they ancient monuments, earthworks of native tribes, or maybe just some large sporting venues built on the world? The answer is, of course, the latter. The outside of our um, pre-existing assumptions about auto racing, I'd like to educate and inform you about this great American sport known as NASCAR, which is an acronym, by the way, standing for the National Association of Stock Car Auto Racing. So from that, that, you can pick up on the fundamentals of the sport. They make stock cars, and air quotes, go fast, and the fastest car is the winner. So there you go. That's easy enough. But there are, of course, rules and regulations, and those are all boring, and nobody cares, so we're going to gloss over those. Now... You might have heard that it's a bunch of rednecks going fast and turning left. For the most part, that's accurate. Even the fans that come out to these events are largely more rural-oriented folks. But what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your minds. These drivers don't always turn left. Sometimes they turn right and wait for it left. The race I went out to see a couple weeks back was called the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. The Brickyard being, of course, a nickname for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And would you believe it, this course had both left and right turns in it. It's something NASCAR likes to call a road course. The uh, 200 in the race's title refers to the number of miles that they go around in circles to attain this mileage. So coincidentally, this was the number of miles that I had to travel to get up there, too. 
Um, it was pretty much all day ordeal for me. You wake up, you get ready, be on the road for two hours, and then you get to the Speedway, which is a massive, really, really, really big stadium-like structure. The track itself is so large that it can fit nine holes of a golf course inside and comfortably seat 250,000 people in the stands. Now, I didn't see too many fans in the seats those days when I went, but whether it's COVID or a decline in viewership, I don't know. But one thing I can tell you is that these cars were extremely ear-splittingly loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> Think of uh, that one guy that goes up and down your street at, at 10 o'clock right when you're trying to go to sleep. and his Jimmy, who took his freaking Honda muffler Civic. off of his Kia yeah. Sed- Sedoya or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that one dude in a pimped out Honda Civic who's flying down your street and uh, he, he just chopped off his muffler because he thought it would sound cool. Uh, think of that times like 50 or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, of course, foolish and kept my hearing protection off when they were speeding up right in front of me on the front straightaway more than 100 feet away. Uh, immediately, I, I did regret this decision and I will never do it again. <laughs> the stands rattled and shook and reverberated as the noise uh, was only a, a mere 100 feet away. And I could probably feel it in my bones as 40 cars at 500 horsepower sailed right by me. Uh, needless to say, I did have my earplugs in for the duration of the three-hour race um, in front of me. But at face value, yes, NASCAR is a bunch of rednecks going fast and turning left. But if you dig a little deeper, you can understand the entertainment value, the strategy, the engineering, and the endurance behind every turn. Oh, and the the crashes, of course. It's probably mm-hmm. the only reason I used to watch the show when it came on the TV every Sunday when Dad had it on. Uh, there's something spectacular about seeing a car ripped to shreds after smacking into a wall and the driver walking away just like it's another day in the office. But <laughs> yeah, that car cost over a million dollars and it's money well spent. After all, there's nothing more American than wasting gas and going in circles in fast cars while making a bunch of noise. So yeah, NASCAR is a is a fun thing to watch and there's nothing better to uh, else to watch on, but I'd recommend going to see what all the fuss is about live at least once in person to one of these events. And, uh, I'm done talking now. And that was my quick this. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Alex, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? I have. Ooh. So this is something we've all experienced. I've been the one in thing. the, <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> wow. This is the one thing we've all done because we're all, we're Whack. all, from the sticks. The three of us, um, the one thing that the three of us have experienced, well, two things. One, NASCAR. Two, yep. Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, and those are the things. Skyrim's an experience um, now. Now, what I will say is NASCAR is one of those, it's one of the only things in entertainment. It's this and movie theaters, where the closer you are to the action, the worse your experience is. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> because like, I was in the pit, so I was, like, in the Ooh. middle, where, like, people, like, sit up on their, like, RVs and shit yeah. and like do the yee yee stuff and throw cans at people and stuff. Um, I was I was I was there. I was helping with the uh youth youth group in town. I was helping like watch uh these kids as we went on this like youth group field trip. Um and yeah, it's loud and if you're in the pit, you do not get to watch a race. Nope. You get to watch a lot of loud cars go past you about every 2 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I remember we probably stayed for about 10 laps and then I was like, well, I've had enough of this action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had enough being here now. I'm ready to not be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I will say like the one part about like a NASCAR race that is like unique and like really thrilling is like 
when you are down close to the track, when the cars mm-hmm. go by, you feel it. Like, oh, you yeah. feel yeah. it like rattle your feel chest. In your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that is something that like, you can't really experience that like consistently anywhere else. However, I will say too, the first time I went to a NASCAR race, I went with my dad. He got tickets through like a business partner or something. Mm-hmm. We were there for all of about 15 minutes in like a booth with like provided dinner and all that. And after 15 minutes, I was like, dad, can we leave? Can we go home? <laughs> it's you just buggered out after and my that? dad was like, no, no, like we have to stay. We have to stay for a little bit. Like. I'm sure it's it's gonna like everyone tells me they love this, so we gotta stay and like it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Another twenty it minutes get better. <laughs> another twenty minutes goes by, and my dad just looks like, "All right, let's get out of here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we stayed for like 30, 45 minutes, and then as we're leaving on the way back out to the car, like a guy just like right next to the entrance, like five feet away from me, just projectile vomits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the memory classic. i have about nascar <laughs> yeah we'll mention that's a classic uh, crunch right there they uh, have a really loose uh admittance policy where you can bring in a cooler fill it yep. with whatever you want um ooh, ooh, <laughs> so you know what i just thought drinking. of <laughs> you know what i just thought of? the best nascar entertainment that anyone can possibly uh experience the Daytona 500 all gas, no breaks episode. <laughs> That's quality content. It is the most amazing NASCAR content ever created. <laughs> It'll give you a um, pretty good slice of life if you're looking for yeah. that. Counter, counter argument, Talladega Nights. That's also a good film. Yeah, that's <laughs> long, long bike. form entertainment. If you want like good five, 10 minutes, all gas, no breaks. If Real you want a good hit. hour and a half of like Will Ferrell being an idiot, Talladega Nights. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'd rather be the one well, driving boys, the car, to be honest with you, but whatever. <laughs> boys, we've done it again. We've we've talked our heads off for another hour. We've created more content, and we shall send it into the ether. Thank you all for listening to our our ramblings on Halo and NASCAR. <laughs> two, two things that go together like chocolate and peanut butter, if you ask me. Throw Master Chief in an NASCAR. Let's see what happens. They're both in rings if you want to draw that connection, I guess. I don't hey. Know. Great. Hey, way to go. You did it. I'm not proud you did of it. it. So this is why we keep you around, Nick, is because you you fill in the gaps where we just can't. Uh, and it means <laughs> a lot. It. I like it when Nick fills in my gaps. As always, well, if there is... <laughs> as always, if there's anything that you guys want to hear us cover here on the show... Uh, we take suggestions. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to see maybe what we haven't covered yet, what you'd like to see us cover. We are always looking for new entertainment to consume. So if there's something that we haven't talked about that you think would be a good fit for us or that you think would be a terrible fit for us and you just want to hear us rant, rant about it for an hour, confused and scared, we'll do that. So mm-hmm. send us your suggestions. Uh, you can send it to us via email at entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. And there's also a website, entertainthis.net. You scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a question that you can fill out there. It sends it straight to our inbox. It's a little bit easier for you. Get in contact with us some other ways. Tell us what you think about the show. Tell us what you thought about our, uh, you know, our, our, you know, our, our opinions on Halo and NASCAR. Uh, you can do that via our Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. Or you can hit us up in our DMs on Instagram. We are entertain this podcast. We also have a Facebook page. It's podcast entertain this. And we post there every Friday with new updates on new episodes. 
We also have a YouTube. You can subscribe there. We have a bunch of social medias. If you look up Entertain This, you're going to find us. Uh, something that I started last week that I'm going to continue to do is I'm going to ask anyone who listens to the show, if you enjoyed our show, please rate us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Give us a four-star review. Just give us a three-star review, maybe. Don't go, don't go lower than three. We don't deserve that. Come on. Uh, leave us some words. Tell us what you think. Uh, that's all I got. Entertain us so we entertain you. And you can entertain this. We'll see you next Friday. Goodbye! Goodbye! Hey, stop recording. We're still live, dipshit. (laughs) This episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas and Alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact-checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Vegetable by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.